What's going on, Dan? What's up tonight? Well, we are having pizza um, for about the ninth day in a row, and that's <laughs> that's what we're doing. What about y'all? Oh, nothing. We had a uh, smoked salmon. I cooked. I smoked some salmon on the grill tonight, and that's what we had for dinner. Oh, nice, nice. So, but pizza, I could, I could do pizza for nine days in a row. I could not do it at all. I probably <laughs> won't again. <laughs> Dude, I get it, man. So, do you are you settled back into work after Thanksgiving? And uh, yeah, I went to work. So after Thanksgiving, went back for a day. I mean, for a week, and then I took uh, an entire week of leave. We're going to Branson tomorrow, so I took a week of leave, and uh, I'm just gonna try to get as much time like that as I can in before I head over and and. Uh, so yeah, as far as getting settled back into work, you know, when you hate your job, you can't really get settled into work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you love your job. And you yeah. And you had a it. you had a visitor this weekend, didn't you? Didn't <clears throat> my grandfather, your dad was in town. <laughs> was, it, was it that yeah, right? It was uh you're kind of right. I, your dad came up to to <laughs> see me and and <laughs> so for those of you that that which is ninety nine percent of you don't know, um, we kid each other about Daniel looks exactly like my grandfather. And so we kind of kid each other that that's his real dad. So I'm probably not kidding, but he is. I, I probably, you know, <laughs> at, at some point this week, we'll do like a post of a picture of you, AKA your dad. And and, and we'll, we'll do like a little poll here. Who look, who looks like who? Yeah. Let, let's do that. Cause every time we do that sad poll, you lose. So let, let's, <laughs> let's just, let's do it one more time. That, that'll be fine. Mine'll be like, man, you do look just like him. But then they're like, they look at you and they're like, Oh my gosh, that is him. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll throw that poll up. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <clears throat> what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Old Faithful, Evan Williams, 1793. Um, it should not be a surprise to any of our listeners anymore that I'm an Evan Williams guy, and I thoroughly love it. I actually like it about as much as I like Bottled and Bond. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so speaking of Bottled and Bond, that is what I'm drinking tonight. And the reason I chose the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond is because... If I had to choose either pot still or column still, I would say I am a pot still fan much more than, than I am a column still fan. However, there are some column stilled uh, whiskeys that I am a fan of. And Evan Williams, I would argue that this is one of the, one of the better uh bourbons out there so with that being said uh cheers and here's to a good conversation about pot steel versus column steel absolutely so as we said earlier tonight's topic is pot steel versus column steel and so Kind of before we get into the um, spiritual side of things, I want to go over and kind of discuss with you 
kind of what your pros and cons and my pros and cons are for pot still versus column still distillation. So you you can go first. Okay. So before I get into my Bible verse, um, and I've got two of them that I'm going to do like a main point with, um, mm-hmm. I have to say that I'm a pot still fanboy. Right. Uh, the reason that I'm a pot still fanboy is there's number. Uh, there's two reasons. We talked a little bit last week about um, the thumper and and things of that nature. I don't necessarily. I'm not a necessarily fan of a thumper, but I do all my stuff pot still. Right. I let it go completely down to the bare minimum, and then I redistill it through a pot still again. And to me, it just yields so much flavor, so much flavor carryover. So there's two things I want to point out here. First Peter 1.7 says, The trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Okay. Matthew 28, 20 says, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So the, the, the point here that I was going to try to make was that, um, and I, we've also heard this, uh, analogy that whenever we, you know, the, the, the refinery is making gold, he, he burns it and melts it down until he can see himself, right. Until he can see, um, his reflection. Once he sees his reflection, it's time. And so, uh, so whenever we are like a good mash tried by fire, right? Just like gold is tried by fire. That's kind of that distillation thing that, that we talked about last week. When you're running a pot still specifically, you have to stay with that still the entire time. Why? Mm-hmm. Because a couple of different things can happen. And I actually had this happen two weeks ago. Your still could puke. Uh, your water could be... Uh, you could get a blockage or you could have a leak. Your water could be too warm, whatever the case is. You've got to stay with that still all the time. Not saying that you don't with a hybrid still, but that's pretty much like a, it's such a high tech, high technological still that you can step away from it if you need to. Mm-hmm. And so the pot still, you've got to stay with it. And so in low, I am with you always. The second point that I want to um, bring out to this is that, the flavor carryover that a pot still brings out. If I'm doing a high rye and I do pot still, then that high rye is going to carry over. And I think oftentimes we look at that in our Christian life to say, you know, there's mentors that I have that I look at them and I say, man, I want what that guy has. I'm, I'm a believer in Christ. I, I, I'm a believer in God. I, I worship Jesus. I, I know that without him, I'm nothing but I still see some things in certain believers that I want. And I think that's that flavor carryover that they've got. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. You caught me with a mouthful. (laughs) Where I was going to go with this tonight is actually exactly the, the things that some of the things that you talked about. And I wrote down some pros and cons, not necessarily, um, biblically speaking right now, just speaking to the the pros and cons of pot still versus column still. And I wrote down that pot still distillation, like you said, it is not the machine that a column still is. So, but the, the pros to the, the pot still is it's that it produces such a deeper, richer flavor. It's a lot simpler to use. You, pour your stuff in, you heat it up, it comes out, done. You 
clean it out, ready for the next run. Some cons, though, to the pot steel is, like we said, it's one batch at a time. It's hard to do. So whereas if if you, you want a distillery with a column steel and I want a distillery with a pot steel, you're probably going to get 10 times the product volume that I'm going to get because I have to do it one batch at a time, clean the pot still, one batch at a time, clean the pot still. Um, so it's not very economical for large volumes, which like we talked about earlier, that's why like Evan Williams and Jack Daniels, all, they all use column steels because they can just continuously just mass produce, right? Right. But, but if you look at a column steel, um, the pro to the the column seals is it comes off at a much higher proof alcohol because of the the nature of a column steel. And if for those that have never really seen a column steel, um, the actual column itself it's just full of these plates stacked on top of each other. And so every time the 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 vapors pass a plate, it recondenses. And so after it's gone through eight or 10 of those plates, you have a much more pure alcohol than you would off of one run on a pot still. So you get higher proof alcohol. It's continuous. You get more by definition of it being a higher proof alcohol, you get more pure of an alcohol. However, the cons to a column still are the flavors are stripped out. The higher proof it comes out, the more the flavors are stripped out. Um, Another con to this is to to really be effective, you have to run it all the time. So you wouldn't have a column still and only run it for five hours, shut it down, go home, you know, come back the next day, run it for five or, you know, eight hours or whatever, shut it down, run that. If you did that, it'd be no point in having that. So I wanted to bring all that up to talk about for just a second. In the bourbon world or the whiskey world you have people that are diehard devoted to one or the other there are people that'll say it's pot still or nothing it's column still or nothing like they're they're very passionate about what they like what you know what steel that they like what what alcohol they like you know off of steel so when you and i first pitched this idea of let's talk about pot stills versus column stills because I think we were initially going to do each of these as separate podcasts. And then we thought, let's do them together so we can like compare and contrast. I got to thinking the first thing that popped into my mind was there is like a biblical beef that was going on back then. And it still kind of divides people today. And that beef um, was between James and Paul. And so I liken that beef to like a Tupac versus Biggie thing. Like, you know, this is East Coast, West Coast. Like Christianity is just getting formed. And I'm going to go ahead and read these two verses to, to compare and contrast. So Paul, he kind of, he was writing to the Ephesians, um, the church of Ephesus. And what he wrote was, so so keep in mind, both of these are written 30 to 60 years after Jesus died. So Christianity wasn't like it is today. It was just kind of a a new thing where believers are just kind of finding themselves all over the, the map. And, and Paul is kind of helping link all these groups together and kind of traveling back and forth to kind of help with misunderstandings or whatever. So 
Paul writes to these Ephesians, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Okay, hang on to that for a second. That was written about 60 AD, right? So uh, 20 years earlier, about 40 AD, around 40 AD, James wrote this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds or, or works? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accomplished by actions, it's dead. Okay? So and it goes on from there, but I'm going to stop right there. So the big beef of the day was James is over here saying, listen, you can't have faith without works. If you don't have works, your faith is dead. Paul is over here saying, it's by grace you're saved through faith. It has nothing to do with works. And so when we start talking about pot stills versus column steel and how people today are, are kind of split between the two, I thought, you know, this is a, a pretty good biblical split that I wanted to, to talk about. I never even thought about it this way till I was kind of studying for this, but I think both of these guys are right. And I know it sounds very contradictory, but they're both right. And, and what I want to point out is this. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church 60 years after they, after, you know, they came to Christ, but they came to Christ from a very rough life. They were very immoral people doing a lot of very immoral things, right? <clears throat> and so what I want to point out is most likely they were trying to fill the void of guilt through works, right? So if you think about, you know, somebody who comes of faith and, and they were a Paul even, for example, he was a persecutor of Christians. He murdered Christians and you know, he talks about there's a thorn in my side. God has put a thorn in my side and, and it won't go away. Right. I believe that that thorn in his side was the guilt of what he's done in the past. Right. So if you're writing a book to the Ephesian church who has kind of come to Christ, but they were a very immoral society, most likely they're trying to make up for all that through just doing lots and lots of work. So Paul's message to them was, it's by grace you're saved. It has nothing to do with your works. Not that your works aren't important, but don't focus on those as a means of salvation, right? Whereas if we contrast this, James wrote his piece to the Israelites who were recently converted to Christianity. And works were their crutch, but salvation for them was something that took place instead of works. Does that make sense? You know, faith kind of drove their works, right? So they were dedicated. They they were a work-based organization. And right. so when they came to Christ, they're hearing things like it's through faith you're saved. And James says, hold on, you guys were work-driven, but you were driven just to do good good works or do, do right or wrong things <clears throat> with no fulfillment. Christ hasn't come to take away that stuff. He's come to fulfill that stuff. So don't let that stuff fall by the wayside. Just have meaning to it. So in essence, there are two different views 
of the same topic. Does that make any sense? I was talking to an old guy one time and we were talking about, you know, pots, I mean, uh, not pot still code. So we're talking about faith and works and the, the, the best explanation that I can give for faith and works together, because you're hundred percent right. When you said that, that faith and works go, they, they go hand in hand. I can't just have faith and expect that, you know what? I'm good now. I can do whatever I want to. I can't, in essence, I can't have faith and cheap grace. However, I can't work my way to heaven. The best example of faith and works. If I tell you that your house is on fire right now and it's going to blow at any minute and you have faith that that's true, is that going to save your life? No. But if you have faith that I'm telling the truth that your house is on fire and it's going to blow at any minute and the works that you produce from that faith are getting your family out of the house, that's what goes hand in hand. And so what I wanted to caveat with that is, okay, let's take a look at some of the spirits. Now, I do know that bourbon specifically is made from pot stills and column stills, but let's take a look at some of the other spirits that's made with the both of them. Okay, you've got um, on a column still, you've got vodkas, you've got gins, um, you've got some of your... Uh, like Everclears, your PGAs, okay? They all have a specific setting in the cocktail world, okay? Much like works have a setting in the, you know our walk with Christ. They do. You can't take a daiquiri, uh, or, or, or for lack of better terms, you can't take a, a, a Bloody Mary and add you know, rum or cognac to it. Okay. It's got to be the vodka. Why? Because it's very subtle. It's for more lack of better terms, it's tasteless. So there's a, there's a time and a place for these, these things. So let's go on the pot still side of the house. Okay. Rums, whiskeys, cognacs, scotch. They have their own, you know, let's, let's put them in the faith category. They've got their own place. So as an example, whenever you're doing a daiquiri, you're going to put the rum in there. Why? Because of the ester oil carryover that a pot still has for rum specifically is able to give it that taste that you can't find with a vodka. You can't find with a gin. You can't find with a Everclear. So different steels have different aspects to different spirits. Let me give you another analogy. You have a preacher that comes and he's preaching hellfire and brimstone. Okay. Our parents and grandparents like that stuff. That's what they were raised on. That's their forte. I myself don't necessarily like that. I like to be taught the scripture. And what I mean by teach, we're going to go through five, six, seven, eight verses at a time, but we're going to study. Let's, let's, let's talk about the Greek trend, uh, the Greek translation of this word, or let's talk about the Hebrew translation of this word. Let's talk about these things. And so those would be your more subtle flavors, not necessarily the loud in your face flavors that carried over from the pot still. So it, when you're talking about Christianity, I know that it's not about what everybody likes and you can't pit, pick and choose. However, the delivery can pick and choose. Because if we want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, we're talking about a podcast of, of spiritual um, 
growth. We're talking about God. But in the same breath, if you want to get down to the bourbons or the tequilas or the whatevers, it's actually just alcohol. I mean, that's that's really what it is. But what's flavor alcohol do you like? Do you like the corn? Do you like the rye? Do you like the gin? Do you like the tequila? Do you like whatever? And so there's different flavors of this. I prefer this over this. Well, that's kind of like our when when we are learning about the word, you know, I don't care who you are. You can't tell me that everybody prefers the same method. So when I'm going to a preacher that's screaming and yelling and hellfire and brimstone and thus saith the Lord, you're going to go to hell. That's not my, that, that's, that's not my thing. I like to be taught. There are some people that like to, they, they don't like the, the, the teaching aspect. They like that conviction. Does that make me or them wrong? Absolutely not. That's just like asking, is a tequila drinker wrong over the rum guy? Absolutely not. It's their preference. And I, I don't know that I tied that in exactly how I wanted to, but I hope that that made sense. It made a lot of sense. Just like we were talking about earlier, we, we prefer pot still over column still because I think the type of the type of spirits that come off of pot still, we appreciate more. Like, I'm a bourbon guy. I'm a rum guy. I'm, I'm a flavorful spirits guy versus vodka or you know gin's a different in a different ball game because it can be made on a pot still but it's got to be distilled like 15 times so i mean that's kind of a different animal but i i get what you're saying that we can all you know we all have our different different ways that we like to be taught or different ways we like to be led and i think that it's the same for the the Paul versus James argument as well. I don't think that they're combating each other. I just think it's it's a different it's a different the people they're talking to have different backgrounds. And like you said, our grandparents and our parents like that Hellfire and Brimstone because that's the background that they came from. That's what they were used to. And so if our mom or our grandmother goes into an old like 1900s traditional Baptist church and that preacher's preaching that they may feel at home. I get the heebie-jeebies when I go into a church like that, because that's not what, that's not where I came from. That's not what I'm used to. And so the same argument could, could be argued. And we don't, I don't want to dive into this because we don't have a, you know, time to, to really dive in. And I'm sure this will come up later in other topics, but that same argument could be with the, grace versus wrath argument you know god is both of those he has both of those and we certainly like the grace and we don't like the wrath but it's there and you made the point i think it was like two two episodes ago we were talking about something and you you were saying you know how Job was like who is man that you're mindful of him meaning leave me alone god don't why why are you paying so much attention to me david is who is man that you're mindful of a meaning? Why are you blessing me so much? So I, I know Job's faith was tested and, and approved, but Job's experience with the Lord is a whole lot different than David's experience with the Lord. And, and I think that kind of goes to, you know, God has blessed me with the opportunity to be around lots of people that are not saved and are not Christians. And I don't mean that to sound like, 
you know, I'm better than them. They're better than me. I don't mean that to sound anything like that, but we're just different, right? Usually when when we do get a chance to talk, our experiences are 100% different. You know what I mean? And and I argue, I will argue this point to the day I die. A lot of times when I, when I feel like people that I know that that are not Christian, they don't buy into this God thing. It's a fairy tale or I hate Christianity. I hate Christians. Usually what I found is what they actually hate is the way that humans have taken Christianity and humanized it. It's not God that they hate. It's not my savior that they hate. It's what we as Christians have done with it. But, but all that to say, our experiences are different. Therefore we see it two different ways. Does that make sense? Dude, it, it, it does. And, And I have to bring this up because I think that this fits in perfectly. Um, and for the the ones that are hearing this that may not know that you haven't always been a connoisseur of bourbon. You haven't always been, uh, you know, your palate hasn't always been for the, the, the bourbon, but I want to bring to the table to nail your exact point. About 12 years ago, I brought you some of my homemade shine that I made for the very first time. Right. You know, because we're talking about experiences, you know, people don't love a holy God because of their experience with people. Right. So I brought you this and I'll never forget it. I brought you this jar that I made that I was proud of. I'll never forget it either. (laughs) You shouldn't. (laughs) And you took a sip and you spit it out and you were like, what is this rot gut crap? And I was like, so proud of myself that I made you gag. (laughs) So having said that, you know, you had an experience that like now, you know, that that's not, that's not what the bourbon industry is. That's not what the rum industry is. That was my take on how I should be giving alcohol. I wanted you to burn and spit it out and Oh my goodness gracious. That's how, you know, that was the good stuff, quote unquote. But it was years later, I brought back a different jar that I've learned through uh, time and, and test and mentors and you took a sip of it and you said, man, that's really good. It's smooth. It's a little but buttery and it tastes really good. And I think oftentimes people have that same reaction. They taste that rot gut from a Christian and be like, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm done. Yep. I'm done. I'm out. I mean, you honestly made me sick. But what they're missing is the type of Christian that has been through the fire. These Christians have gotten rid of these things that make them a certain way. They and then they they're put into barrels to mature. And we'll we'll get more into that next uh, topic. However, you have this mature Christian. If you take this mature Christian, this mature bourbon, and take a taste test against what these, you know, you said I had a friend that had a bad example, you know, okay, well, let's go, you know, pour for pour. Let's take a pour of bourbon versus this pour of this rot gut stuff that I gave you. Which one are we going to enjoy more? And I know that there are probably people that are hearing this that are saying that, no, it's not about a flavor. It's it's not about this. So I want to, I want to redrive home that this is not 
saying that if you don't like what the Word of God says about one subject, to go to a church that preaches something different, that is no. not right. That is not what I'm trying to say. What 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 the premises here is is that the Word of God, if you read from Genesis to Re- Revelation, preaches that Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one enters the the, the Father except through Him. Number two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And these sum up the law and the prophet. However, my way to get to that point, my way to get to Yeshua Messiah, the Savior of the world, I'm the type of God that I cannot go to a, thus saith the Lord. That's not who I am. That's not who I'm ever going to be. I can listen to Billy Graham, though. And so... It's the, it's the equivalent of, and I'm going to ask you this, you live in rural Kentucky. I live in backwoods, Arkansas. Are we going to be fine with meeting somebody with a suit and tie and listening to their guidance and direction? Or do you feel more comfortable with a man in overalls? Uh, yeah, I definitely feel more comfortable with a guy in overalls. Right. We're more comfortable with that kind of guy. Okay. Here's another thing that I want to drive home as well, and, and this is all tied into what I was saying earlier. We were talking about a while ago, you had mentioned that, you know, our upbringing, the people that were raised on the hellfire and brimstone, you're not going to take a, a tequila mash and make a bourbon out of it. You're just not. It's just not how this works. And so the upbringing that we have and the background that we have has a lot to do with everything that we've done. And, and, and a key point to drive home there is that not every background is the same. Right. you got some backgrounds that have this. you got... I'm not going to be a, a street guy. I'll never be a a dude from you know New York City. Yeah, but I'm also not. Uh, I don't know swamp material. I can only bring to the table what I bring to the table, and what I bring to the table suits a certain genre. Much like people, I, I've got I, my boss at work. He is a bourbon guy. Loves it. He's a bourbon connoisseur. Has tried to love scotch hates it so the bourbon cut the, the the bourbon factor is going to reach him more than than the scotch will right but that and that and that is and so tying this back because i know that uh i'm kind of rambling here but to, to tie this back is i'm not saying that if you hear something that doesn't make you co- comfortable to find something that no that's not what i'm saying because the word of god is the word of god that's where I was going with the, the end result is the alcohol. The end goal is to be with God. The end goal is to love Jesus Christ and to show everybody else. How we get there depends on background. Our I'm not going to say preferred method, but background and how we are honestly designed. Because here you are, and you and I are doing this bourbon thing. Do you know how many people are probably out here th- thinking what a blasphemy right but are we trying to reach those people no because they've already got somebody right good point man and i think uh that was a pretty good discussion i think we covered some of the topics we wanted to cover and we hit on something that neither one of us i think thought it was not even in the plan we exhausted the topic it was great but we i Still have a whole page of notes here that I got about halfway now. 
Dude, that's that's what it's about though, is just conversation and and um just uh what is it called? Uh fellowship, conversation yep. and, and hanging out. So is there anything else you want to say? Is there anything else you want to say before we call it a night? I don't think so, man. I think we just about hit everything. I, you know, my hope and prayer, um, and I can, I can say this, I almost bailed tonight because the devil has been working on me today specifically. And I'm glad I didn't because there was a lot of good talk that came out of this. And, and that's what he does. He tries to get us to, you know, don't do this or don't do that. And, and we're like, okay, well, one day is not going to hurt. And right. I'm, gl- I'm glad I didn't because somebody out there, I don't care if it's one or 75, somebody's got to hear this stuff. Sure. Sure. And you know what? Honestly, if we're, if we're being honest, I'm probably the guy that needs to hear this stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, if nothing else, the two of us listen to it and it's like, oh, yeah, I was part of that conversation, but now it means something totally different. So absolutely. I'm with you. All right, man. Well, you guys have a great time in Branson the rest of the week and buy me something nice. Absolutely. (laughs) And I love you, man. And I'll talk to you next week. I love you too. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.